Need to Succeed, the podcast. This will help you get everything that you want. This will power lift your life, give you unshakable confidence to achieve your biggest goals and wildest dreams. It's going to help you to create a life that you love and build relationships that you adore. Why am I so confident that I can give you that? This is my job. I'm a mindset and confidence coach. This is what I do for a living. I've never given these life hacks away on a podcast for free before, but that's about to change right now. So put your seatbelts on and buckle up and get ready to enjoy the ride of your lifetime. People call me the mother of motivation, the confidence queen, the person that you go to for positivity. This podcast will motivate and empower you to run at your life. And the fastest way you can do that is to use these techniques, the same ones that I've used in my own life and the ones that I use and encourage for my clients. The only question that is left to ask you is, are you ready? Let's do this. Right. Hello and welcome to Everything You Need to Succeed, the podcast. I'm Ify Thomas and I have my wingman with me, Chris Gregg. Hello, great to be here. I'm looking forward to today. What are we going to be learning about? We're going to be talking and learning about how to be a winner. Excellent. This is good. Everybody wants to be a winner, surely. Everybody wants to be a winner. Nobody wants to be a loser. And I think it's really important that we look at what the difference is between a winner and a loser. The question is, what does a winner have for dinner? (laughs) <laughs> what does a winner have for dinner? Probably chicken. Chicken dinner. Yeah, chicken dinner. You're a winner. <laughs> so how can we make sure that we're a winner? It sounds sounds like something that really you don't have a lot of control over. You're either a winner or you're not. Or can you influence that? Great question. Well, first of all, the reason why it's really important and I wanted to call this how to be a winner is because a lot of people think that the winners who are like the gold medalists, the Grammy Award winners, the MOBOs, you know, all those people who win medals. They're special people though. They're, they're superheroes. They're not like you and me. Exactly. And that's what I want to focus on. They are like you and me. They are just like you and me. What? Really? <laughs> that's the thing, you know, successful people think differently to unsuccessful people. So winners have a winner's mindset and losers have a loser's mindset. Okay, so how can I make sure my mind is set in the right way? How do you how do you adjust your mental settings? Is there a special secret hidden menu inside your brain? Well, I wish there was and I, and I would love you to visualize it like that. So when you make a decision that you want to be a winner, everything's the cogs in your brain start to change because To become a winner or to become somebody that you've never been before, you have to actually become somebody you've never been before. You you can't get where you want to be remaining who you are. It's like in Toy Story when Buzz Lightyear gets switched into Spanish mode and then they have to try and factory reset him to get him back. Look at everything you need to succeed the podcast, a bit like a factory reset. It's a bit like a reboot. But before we reboot, we have to understand, we have to know what is actually saved on a hard drive. Maybe it's like upgrading yourself to version 3.0, like when your, your operating system needs an upgrade or when your, your phone goes to sleep at night and it wakes up in the morning, it's got all these cool new features on it. Well, I think the, you're not going to go to sleep at night and have cool new features, but every time you tune into the podcast, you will leave with some new uh, features, apps. apps that you can install into the mainframe of your brain, let's say. <laughs> I love this idea. So the main thing today is how can we make sure that we're a winner? What, what can we install? What can we adjust in our settings to make us have that correct mindset that makes us believe that that's possible? Yeah, we can do that. And it's a bit like, imagine you could turn up like a Curry's store or some local appliance store or computer shop, and you were going to be able to get something to install into your brain. 
Yeah, let's give that a try. You walk into Carrie's and say, I'd like a special chip that makes me a winner, please. Do you yes, sell those? Please. Well, the, well, the chip that you'd have to ask for is the self-belief chip. You'd have to have the install into your brain the belief that I am somebody who deserves to live a great life and I know that the universe is conspiring for me to succeed. If you had that belief that, you know, I am here to do great stuff and the world will conspire for me, that will be the first place to start. Great stuff. Great, but terrible stuff. But great stuff. That's a <laughs> Harry Potter quote. Have you seen Harry Potter? Um, No. No. Okay. Just don't worry. <laughs> if we're talking about Harry Potter, what I can tell you, the fact that we're talking about a winner's mindset uh, and a loser's mindset, I love the story of J.K. Rowling. I love her story of the fact that she was on a train traveling from Scotland to London and she was a writer and she wasn't doing well. And she had this idea that all of a sudden this idea came into her mind, little boy goes to wizard school. And I, I heard her t- explaining this to Oprah and she was saying that she had these all these ideas about him going to wizard school and how nobody knowing and him having this scar and and she said and she had all these ideas and she didn't have a pen said so the whole journey she was trying to hold the story in oh, her no. mind but didn't like have when a pen. you've got a dream that you think you're going to forget any minute and you usually yeah. do before you've had a chance to try and remember it exactly and she didn't have a pen and she tells the story of how when she um I, I think this woman is fantastic she's a one of the first women billionaires so so did she like write it on the train window in lipstick or something all of harry potter (laughs) chapter one i i actually don't know how she did it i think she said that she just held it in her mind but one story that she talks about which is really does feed into this conversation she said that she she um she introduced her manuscript to 28 different publishers who all said we're not interested in a story about a little boy that goes to wizard school Oh, they must be feeling sick rather now. I bet they're kicking themselves. But it's like the Beatles got turned down, didn't they? So did Elvis. Like a lot of really successful people probably have had their share of rejection. It's not just one number. I think Mariah Carey got turned down by 19 different record producers. What? They said, we've already got a Whitney Houston. We don't need a Mariah Carey. Not one that can sing that particular note that breaks all the glasses. Exactly. So you have to understand the people who are winning, they didn't just arrive there. They're no different from you and I. The only difference is, is that they are willing to keep going and persevering no matter how long it takes. Now, I want you to think about how many times, Chris, have you... I want to know what's the highest number of rejections that you've had for one specific thing that you want? Oh, I think probably applying to be on the radio, I must have had a few dozen. What, 24? Maybe maybe 20 or so. But just, you know, when you send an application off to lots of different places that you might want to work and you get loads of rejection letters back. And a lot of people that want to work in radio do that. And they used to, when there were lots of different owners of the different radio stations, you'd start collecting this file of all the rejection letters all on nice headed paper and some of them are nicer than others some of them are really positive and they give you feedback and say okay if you did this differently some of them are just nope and it's just it's really sad it's always the ones that you really want that you just get a really rude reply and it's Mm. it's really sad because you have respect for these places yeah and then but you experience it and the fact that you've got i'm visualizing a folder of no's and if they if they could see you now (laughs) and i think that's the point i think every every successful radio presenter has got one of those folders of all the people that have rejected but i think part of it and i agree i just i don't just think it's every successful radio i think every single person who is a winner will have a file maybe 
a digital file because I've got a digital file on mine. Um, all the no's are in like their own little no folder and I drag the rejection into there. And my goal is to get to 100 no's for every single thing that I try. And I've never got up to 100. Like with my book, I got 33 people said no and then it got put into a bookstore. So um, oh, That really sucks. I bet you're gutted. I bet you're thinking, oh, I only need another 60 three of these and I needed 67 more no's I thought you know what but the thing is is if you have the commitment of I'm going to get as many no's as I can of you will never get 100 no one ever tries that many no's like come on shit JK Rowling got 28 no's um Mariah Carey got 19 no's you got 20 no's do you know anyone who's had 100 no's and not got where they wanted to be no no no, no, no. <laughs> but you know it's worth a go. Give it a try. See if you get up to 100. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's my mentality. So how do you be a winner and how are you a loser? Well, losers think very differently because winners are always thinking about what they want. Losers are always thinking about what they don't want. So would you say a loser is a lot more likely to quit after the first rejection and winners are the ones that actually probably lose more often because they... They don't win every time, but they keep trying and eventually they do win. Yeah, I think I've read a statistic about Michael Jordan that he had the most misses, but he also had the most, what they call slam dunks, hoops. I think it was Tiger Woods that had a lot of misses. <laughs> Put them, yes. <laughs> but, but the point is, is, is that you um, miss 100% of the shots that you never take. Yeah, true. So you've got to keep swinging. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back on Tiger Woods here. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, yeah. oh no, here we go. But my point I'm trying to make is, is that this is all about making sure that you understand the mindset that you have to develop. Because if you want to become somebody that you've never been before, you're going to have to change who you are. It's imperative you change. If you do always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. I love That's that. That's the thing, isn't it? And, and the thing is, it's not something that people go... No one disagrees with that, but yet we still keep trying to do the same thing. It's about understanding and having that self-awareness to say, these people are succeeding, not because they've got rich parents and because money grows on trees and because they are just beautiful people. They're succeeding because they think differently. They think differently. I think, but also they take the rejection and the failure as a learning and they adjust their approach very slightly every time and they get better and better and better. I think you could have a hundred failures and learn nothing and mm. have a hundred more and you'd never get anywhere. But mm. if you're constantly having that ability to question yourself and say, okay, maybe, maybe I got rejected because I wasn't good enough at this point. Yeah. What can I do to make myself employable or make myself successful at this? Because, you know, the people on the other side of those rejection letters they would have loved to have had an application from somebody that was brilliant that they could have employed. It wasn't that person at that point. Yeah, no, you're right. And I love the story that you told about, you know, when people are applying to come to this radio station, you know, you're you're now on the other side. So yeah. can I ask you, do you write nice rejection letters or not? <laughs> um, it's more done in person, I think, because this is the sort of place where people will just come through the door and talk to you. And it's a lot more difficult when you've got to look somebody in the eye and say no. And I'm not very good at saying no to people. So it's it's tricky. But So have you said yes to people that you really want to say no to? I think I see the Was good I one people. of those people? Yeah, well, why do you think you're here? <laughs> no, I, I think everybody's got potential. And I think part of, part of what... So this is a community radio station. So what we're about is letting people come here and develop their skills, get trained and become at a point where 
they actually bring something to the table. But when they first come through the door, they might not be able to do very much. They might need a lot of training, a lot of coaching. And maybe it's a difficult decision about whether it's worth putting the time into working with that particular person where you could have three other people that need less work that could bring more to the table. So it's it's a difficult one. But I think if I was writing rejection letters, I'd I'd take the time to put something constructive in there. And when I have actually had a, a paid position that I'm recruiting people for, I spend a lot of time replying to emails and giving people feedback on their demos and that kind of thing. Because I think that's really important. You've got a responsibility Mm. not to crush people's dreams when you're sending them these letters back. And a lot of time it just comes from some HR person that's just got a a standard letter that they just bang out to 50 people that have sent the applications in. Yeah. uh, Wow. Well, that's an insight, isn't it? That the standardized letter. And, And I think it's important that we talk about it because... If you really want to succeed, which is what this this podcast is, everything you need to succeed. First of all, you have to recognize that you might be somebody who wants to be a winner, but you might not have learned how to win yet. Yeah. And also just particularly with job applications, understanding the process, understanding the rules of the game and how you get through to an interview. Because my thing is, if you get an interview, then it's a level playing field. You've got a chance to prove yourself. But a lot of people get filtered out by the algorithms and things before they actually get to the point where they get the interview and nowadays it's all done digitally it's a lot harder to get in front of the people that are making those decisions if your cv doesn't have the right keywords or if you haven't got the right experience or on paper you don't look like the right fit for what they're looking for so Mm. it's about leveling the playing field a lot i think yeah that that's so interesting so with that information if you're somebody who has this desire to really succeed in an area you have to know the information that you're dealing with and know that you might be working against an algorithm and if your goal is just to get in there and have the interview so they can meet you in those first few seconds they're going to make a decision whether they like you or don't and then the rest of the time they're going to support their first initial decision yeah but my my advice in that is change the rules Rip up, the, rip up the rule book, play by your own rules, ring up the person yeah. at the company that's making the decision, link with them on LinkedIn, send them an inbox and say, did you get my CV? Have you had a chance? And then out of curiosity, they're going to want to know what you're bringing to the table. Explain to them why you might not have the normal set of skills they're looking for, but your transferable skills are exactly what they need for that role. That would be my tips. I love that. And that is exciting because if you're, if someone comes in with that and says that, you're like, this person's hungry. This person wants it. But to get to that. That's what they want. I mean, you know, people have sent me Kit Kats with, or a tea bag or something and said, have a break, listen to my tape, see what you think of, think of my show. And it gets you noticed. And did you you listen to it? Of course I did. And I ate the Kit Kat and it was nice. (laughs) There you go. So Chris is basically subliminally messaging send me chocolate send him kit kats or sausage rolls either way he'll be happy i would to be fair pizza's even better but that doesn't that doesn't go well through the post no don't there wouldn't be a lot there when it got here oh that would be awful yeah so chris likes kit kats and you can you can take take a break <laughs> listen yeah. to my track but that's what it's about it's about being sick thinking outside the box but to get to that level these these are a few things that we're going to be covering on the podcast to get to the level where you are relentless and you are 
unafraid of rejection and you're willing to put yourself out there, we're going to have to do a lot of work to get you to that point. So what we're talking about right now is about making sure, first of all, you have the belief systems in place. Do you believe it's possible for you to achieve your goals? Because in episode one, we were really talking about clarity, deciding what you want. So you've decided what you want. Do you believe it's possible? And do you understand that to get what you want, you can have it just like everyone else. They're not better than you. And I find a lot of people have in their mind this idea that I wasn't very smart at school or I'm not pretty enough. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too thin. I'm too fat. I'm too black. I'm too white. My parents are poor. And we have all of these beliefs that we think are holding us back from being able to get what we want. So I think that the first thing we have to understand is, is that people who are doing well are not better than you. They're not. They've just learned how to do the thing that you want to do. Say you accept that you need to change the way that you you believe. How do you actually do that, though? How do you change the little voice in your head that's saying, you're going to fail at this, you're not going to succeed? How do you make yourself believe that you are going to succeed? What a great question. Well, there's a really great quote, which I read, and it really has always laid with me. It's by um, a guy called Napoleon Hill. He wrote the book Think and Grow Rich and it sold millions of copies. It's probably one of the best business books that you could possibly, one of the best personal development books you could read. And there's a quote there that says, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. So if you can believe that it's possible for you and you can see that it's possible, then what will happen is it will show up. But how do you make sure that you deal with those negative, that critic within that voice that says, you're not good enough, you can't do that is the first thing is you have to recognize that there is a voice that there is that part of you inside of you that wants to stop you and it will squeal whenever you try to do anything different to what you've done before so it's about being able to manage your thoughts your thoughts are so powerful you know when we look at winners and losers winners think very differently so if you're somebody who's saying actually I do want this I do want to succeed but you still get those negative thoughts that pop up you have to recognize when they come up and then you have to grab them and you have to literally stand on them and squash them and say out out because if you let them stay in and fester what they do is they the voice gets so loud that eventually you start to believe this which is not true and it's probably never been true for you but you've believed it so it's it's a battle. This is this is everything you need to succeed. This is not a, a walk in the park. I'll say it again, it is not something that most people are able to do. They're not able to shift their mindset. So you've got a battle going on inside your head between the forces of positivity and the forces of negativity. And you've got to make sure that you're arming the right troops to battle out and kind of to win through. Win through against all those negative thoughts. Absolutely. And you also have to look at it like you're guarding your mind. You've got to guard your mind. You have to make sure that you are in control of what's coming in. So if you're spending a lot of time watching the news or surrounding around people, ain't it awful? Ain't it awful? Isn't the world a bad place? Then what happens is you start to let those thoughts come into your mind. But the great thing is there's a thing called the law of substitution, which states that you could only hold one thought in your mind at one time. So if you have the thought, I'm going to apply to come on, I'm going to contact Chris Gregg at Revolution Radio and I'm going to speak to him about how I want to do a show about parenting and then all of a sudden this voice comes in what do you know about parenting your children are only young you're going to look silly he's going to ask for your credentials you don't have a parenting a, a psychology a child degree maybe you shouldn't go there he's going to find out and you have to be able to go say to that voice shut up <laughs> stop it I can do this and you have to be able to say 
this voice is coming up because this is the way I've always thought. But if I want to change my life, I'm going to have to quieten that voice down, which means, like you said, I'm going to have to be louder. I'm going to have to say, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And is it is it worth having little mantras and things that you repeat to yourself of all the positive things? Or is it does it need to be a bit more specific to a situation? Uh, really great. And we will definitely talk about that in our next episode, which is all about how to build your core muscle, oh, how to brilliant. build your self-esteem. But ultimately, what we have to do before we can get to the layers of building in those positive affirmations and, you know, doing the really nice words that we say to ourselves and catching those negativity those negative things that are coming, we have to first of all accept that where we are now is a result of everything that we've thought in the past and where we're going to be in the future is going to really depend on what we do now and that each one of us has got a level playing field. I think when you think, oh, I started off worse than you, that is a definitely a negative mentality to think, well, my parents were... were um my parents were working class or I only have a mum and a deadbeat dad or I'm thick or I'm not clever or all of these are just limiting beliefs that are just holding you back and you might have recognized some of those as thoughts that were in your head and thought oh yeah but it's it's true I have a deadbeat dad no that's a negative thought that's you've you've put that in your head like we said about truth often what we believe we think is true. But a lot of the things we have to go back and we have to relook at our belief systems. We have to re Look, give you an example. On the ground, yeah, there's um when I was growing up, there's these three drains. They had all these three drains. People don't walk over the third drain. Don't know like if there's three <laughs> drains, you don't walk over the three drains. Did you have that? Yeah, yeah. Like people would literally push you into the road into moving cars to avoid you from walking over three drains. <laughs> Very, very bad luck. A lot of people have that superstition that if you walk over three manhole covers or three drains, nobody knows what happens because no one's ever taken the risk and done it. Exactly. But you know what? That is a limiting belief because I found out that the reason where that come up from is because in London, when they first put the three drains, because it used to be two, they hadn't fixed the third one correctly. <sighs> so people were stepping on it and going into the holes of Plummeting London. Plummeting into the depths of the, the earth. And breaking their legs and having, and it was a thing. So because of that thing that happened, it managed to travel from London all across the UK to make people afraid of walking over three chains. This is like least 40 years ago. But, you know, isn't it best to be on the safe side? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would not walk over three chains. But sometimes we have these belief systems and these ideas in our mind that we don't even know how they got there. We don't even know what the root cause of it is. So this... I, I really want for people to take away from this is to actually examine your belief system and say, why do I think that about me? You know, I remember someone said, oh, people who drive Range Rovers, they're drug dealers. Where did that, where did that come from? Where did that come from? I think it was line of duty. Oh, really? <laughs> well, in that program, they're always driving blacked out Range Rovers. And they're always dealers. the baddies. Yeah. That's what I mean. So like, it's like uh, this, the, it's been subliminally positioned on you to believe that now everyone's going to think that all radio people like Kit Kats. You know that they're going to think that you all like Kit Kats. I think in this survey of one, it's 100% like <laughs> Kit Kats. But, you know, there might be people out there that prefer dairy milks. And yeah. to be fair, or any chocolate is good. Or lactose intolerant. There could be a lot of... Like, you know, that people have the stereotype that all muscular people with um, tattoos are aggressive. Like, where did that come from? It's like, so what we need to do, if we really are going to use this 
this episode as a springboard, mm. a springboard so that we can fly forward into the future to get where we want to be. Well, well, first thing we have to do is we have to look at where we are. We have to, we've already measured all of our issues that we have. Now we have to say, what do I believe is possible for me? And am I willing to remove some of those limiting beliefs that I've told myself about me, like I don't learn very well, or I'm not a very good singer, or I'm not a very good dancer, or I'm not very good at sports, I don't get a well on well with people, I've got um, anxiety and I get nervous or I'm shy. All of these things, just examine them and say, is this actually who I am or is this the cloak that I've put on? And I want you to take off the cloak and I want you to say, I was thinking of um, Joseph. <laughs> Joseph's in his Technicolor dream coat. Because yes. he was on here, wasn't he, recently on What's On News? <laughs> yes. Well, exactly. So if you are Joseph and you're wearing this, I mean, nobody I would have actually gone out in a coat that was every colour of the rainbow. Drew back the curtain. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yes, but yes. who would go out like that? Only Joseph. And uh, it didn't end well for Joseph. So take your coat off. Take your hang coat Hang it up. Off. Yeah. And then Examine see. it. Examine your coat and have a look at all the different beliefs that you've got that have been stitched into the... Um, it's stitched into the fabrics of who you think you are and start to unpick them, start to slowly unpick them and lay them out and look at them. And, and it's like you, it's like if you were going to say, for instance, you were going to go into your drawer, um, your school drawer and you've left school now. So you, you've got all your old school uniform from year after year and you no longer need it. It's like you just pick it up and you look at it and you say, does this serve me anymore? No. And then you just put it away. You just you just get rid of it. You don't get angry at you it. Send it to the charity shop. Yeah. And somebody else will find a use for it. But yeah, I've got a whole drawer full of stuff that I'm never going to wear again. But all like I think my old Tesco's uniform is in there somewhere. That's what I mean. And that's baggage. It's baggage that is that you can like metaphorically and physically like it's about being able to clear away the old to make way for the new. That's what Steve Jobs says. He says, um he says Oh, he says, nobody wants to die. People who want to go to heaven don't want to die to get there. But death is the thing that we cannot escape. It's life's change agent. And what it does is it clears away the old to make way for the new. But right now the new is you. But if we think about that quote, it could actually be, you know, we the new is now for you. So it's about saying, what can I clear away that I've been holding on to that I really think is me when it's not me? That's what maybe my neighbor said about me or my school teacher said about me or my ex-husband said about me. No, that's not who you are. Clear it away. Have your fresh drawer. Get rid of that Tesco's outfit because it's not going to serve you anymore. And then say, like, what do I what beliefs do I want to start putting into the drawer? You know, what what outfits do I want to start wearing? That is brilliant. And imagine how you'll feel when you've kind of got rid of all of that limiting belief. You just, it, it, you'll feel fresh. Freeing. And it'll be like you've got a nice clean white t-shirt on. Exactly. It's like you get to start again. And when you think about babies, babies come into this world with a blank slate. All these impressions and imprints of people around us and our people, things we see, things we read, our grandparents, our neighbours, they all leave these deep groove impressions on us. And then we carry ourselves around with that T-shirt with all those imprints and we own it like it's ours. But we at any time, like you said, we could take that T-shirt off and get a new one. It's like rewriting it's, nice like, clean yeah. it's when you've got stains that won't come out. Like I was driving home in a nice crisp white shirt <laughs> and I thought I'd have a cheeseburger in the middle of the night. Driving a car one-handed, <laughs> oh, ketchup, no. bloop, bloop. And that's, yeah, that's, that shirt's over. 
Is it? But it'd be like you putting it on and wearing it every day with the stains. With the stains there. And not letting it go and saying, but I, I, I caused that stain. I did that. It's definitely a conversation starter. So there we go. That was, that was this episode. What are we going to be talking about next time? Oh, I'm really excited because next time you actually did talk about it a little bit. We're going to be talking about how to build your core muscle. Ah, brilliant. Yeah, how to build your self-esteem and how to, you know, stay lean, how to how to have unshakable self-confidence. You can really just go for it. <laughs>